ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So last week then we began the topic where Al-Imam Al-Tahawi had begun speaking about the fact that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not something created, rather Allah spoke the Qur'an, from Him it began and to Him it will return. Allah revealed the Qur'an, it was heard by Jibreel alayhi salam, who then came and passed that on to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the Qur'an is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Qur'an is not created. And one of the evidences we mentioned as well, was the fact that you have the narration where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us, مَن نَزَلَ مَنْزِلًا فَقَالْ أَعُوذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ التَّامَّاتِ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقْ لَمْ يَذُرَّهُ شَيْءٌ حَتَّى يَرْحَلَ مِنْ مَنْزِلِي ذَاكِ That when a person descends upon a place and then says, I seek refuge in the perfect and complete words of Allah. Then nothing will harm him until he leaves that place. Seeking refuge in the words of Allah must mean that the words of Allah are from the attributes of Allah. They are not created. If they were created, it wouldn't be permissible for you to seek refuge in the perfect and complete words of Allah. This shows that they are not created because... If they were created, it wouldn't have been permissible to make that statement, that I seek refuge in the words of Allah. Therefore, we know that the Qur'an, it is the speech of Allah, just as Imam al-Tahawi said, وَإِنَّ الْقُرْآنَ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ مِنْهُ بَدَا بِلَا كَيْفِيَّ قَوْلًا It began from Allah without the details of the how as statements, speech. It is the speech of Allah. وَأَنزَلَ عَلَى رَسُولِهِ وَحْيَا أَنزَلَهُ عَلَى رَسُولِهِ وَحْيَا That he then revealed that to his Prophet as revelation. وَصَدَّقَهُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ حَقَّا And the believers, they accepted and believed in that upon truth. وَأَيْقَنُوا أَنَّهُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ بِالْحَقِيقَةِ And the believers are upon certainty that this is the speech of Allah in reality. لَيْسَ بِمَخْلُوقٍ كَكَلَامِ الْبَرِيَّةِ It is not created like the speech of creation. It is not created كَكَلَامِ الْبَرِيَّةِ Like the speech of creation. And so, this gives a very clear and succinct difference 
highlighting that the Quran is not the speech of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It was not written by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Rather, the Quran was revealed to him from Allah subhanahu wa taala. Ibn Abil Iz he says, "Radduhu ala al-Mu'tazila wa ghairihim bihada al-Qawl zahir." That Al-Imam al-Tahawi is refuting the groups of innovation like the Mu'tazila who claim that the Qur'an is not the speech of Allah. They claim that the Qur'an is created. So there is a clear refutation of them in the statement of Al-Imam al-Tahawi, لَيْسَ بِمَخْلُوقٍ كَكَلَامِ الْبَرِيَّةِ The Qur'an is not created like the speech of the creation. Then also, he mentions after that, فَمَنْ سَمِعَهُ فَزَعَمَ أَنَّهُ كَلَامُ الْبَشَرِ فَقَدْ كَفَرِ That whomsoever hears of this Qur'an, whomsoever hears of this Qur'an, وَمَنْ سَمِعَهُ وَقَالْ إِنَّهُ أَوْ زَعَمَ أَنَّهُ كَلَامُ الْبَشَرِ فَقَدْ كَفَرْ Whomsoever hears this Qur'an and claims that this is the speech of mankind, it is something written by humans, then that person has committed kufr. The person who claims that the Qur'an, it is كَلَامُ الْبَشَرِ فَقَدْ كَفَرْ claims that this is just the speech of mankind written by humans, then that individual has committed kufr. لا شك في تكفير من أنكر أن القرآن كلام الله. There is no doubt about the kufr of a person who believes or rather rejects that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. بل قال إنه كلام محمد أو غيره. And instead they say this Qur'an is the speech of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or other than Muhammad from the creation malakan kana aw basharan Maybe they say it is the speech of an angel or the speech of another human. So those individuals who reject this as being the speech of Allah, the Qur'an uncreated the speech of Allah. Instead they say no it's the speech of mankind. It is the speech of Muhammad or the speech of the angels or other than that. And they reject this being the speech of Allah. Then here Ibn Abil Aziz al-Hanafi and Imam al-Tahawi, they mention the kufr of that person who has this type of belief. وَأَمَّا إِذَا أَقَرَّ أَنَّهُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ أَوَّلَ وَحَرَّفَ فَقَدْ وَافَقَ قَوْلَ مَنْ قَالْ إِنْ هَذَا إِلَّا قَوْلُ الْبَشَرِ فِي بَعْضِ مَا بِهِ كَفَرِ وأولئك الذين استزلهم الشيطان وسيأتي الكلام عليه عند قول الشيخ ولا نكفر أحدا من أهل القبلة بذنب ما لم يستحله. There are some people though who may accept it is the speech of Allah. They may accept it is the speech of Allah, but then 
they fall into great amounts of deviation in distorting the meanings of it, in altering the meanings of the Qur'an, distorting the meanings of the Qur'an, in misinterpreting various aspects of the Qur'an to fit with their desires, to fit with their innovations. So then that is another issue. In regards to the kufr here, that is another issue now. They accept that it is the speech of Allah, but they have gross misinterpretations and deviations in its understanding that there will be a mention of them later on. Similarly, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi goes on to say, uh, وَقَدْ ذَمَّهُ اللَّهُ وَعَابَهُ وَأَوْعَدَهُ بِسَقْرِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, threatened that individual, threatened those individuals who uh, claim that this is the speech of mankind or that they reject this is the speech of Allah. Allah has criticized them, dispraised them and threatened them with the hellfire. Threatened them with the hellfire. And that is mentioned in the ayah, سَأُسْلِيهِ سَقَرْ فَلَمَّا أَوْعَدَ اللَّهِ بِسَقَرْ لِمَنْ قَالْ إِنْ هَذَا إِلَّا قَوْلُ الْبَشَرْ The one who claims that this is only the speech of mankind, Allah then threatens that person and says, سَأُسْلِيهِ سَقَرْ That person, I will cast him into the fire. The one who rejects this being the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَعَلِمْنَا وَأَيْقَنَّا أَنَّهُ قَوْلُ خَالِقِ الْبَشَرِ وَلَا يُشْبِهُ قَوْلَ الْبَشَرِ Therefore we know that this is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is not the speech of anybody in mankind. The Qur'an is not the speech of mankind, it is the speech of Allah. لَا يُشْبِهُ قَوْلَ الْبَشَرِ It is not in any way resemblant to the speech of mankind. The speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in any way resemblant to the speech of mankind because the speech of Allah is ashraf wa afsah wa asdaq. It is more noble and eloquent and truthful than the speech of the people. It is far superior in nobility and eloquence and truthfulness than the speech of mankind which is weak in its nobility and eloquence and truthfulness. But the speech of Allah in perfection of that, in nobility and eloquence and truthfulness. And Allah says in the Qur'an, وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَدِيثًا Who is more truthful than Allah in speech? Nobody. Who is more truthful than Allah in speech? Nobody. Similarly, in another ayah, Surah Al-Isra, ayah number 88, قُلْ الْإِنسُ وَالْجِنُّ عَلَىٰ بِمِثْلِ هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ لَا يَأْتُونَ بِمِثْلِهِ Say that if the jinn and the humans all got together, all united, 
to try and bring something similar to this Qur'an, they would never be able to bring anything similar to it. If all of the humans and the jinn, Allah tells us in the ayah, all of the humans and the jinn, if they got together to try and produce something similar to the Qur'an, they would never be able to produce anything similar to the Qur'an. And similarly, in another ayah, قُلْ فَأْتُوا بِصُورَةٍ مِّن مِثْلِهِ Allah says, say, bring, come to us with an ayah, with a surah similar to it. Bring a chapter similar to what you find of the Qur'an. فَلَمَّا عَجَزُوا وَهُمْ فُصَحَاءُ الْعَرَبِ But they were unable. They were unable to do that, despite the fact that at that time the Quraysh, they were the most eloquent in the Arabic language. They were the absolute, the, uh, the, the most elite ability with the Arabic language. Absolute elite ability, precision with Arabic, absolute mastery of the language. Yet they were unable to bring anything equivalent to the Qur'an. It is mentioned about those Arabs at the time, of their level of eloquence and strength in Arabic, that you could pick one of them at random there and then and say to him, give me a brand new poem off the top of your head, a thousand verses long. He would give it to you from the top of his head, a thousand verses long, brand new poem that he makes up there and then all rhyming, one thousand verses. There and then on the spot, brand new, not something he's memorized and done before. So imagine that now, imagine somebody says to you, 10 lines, give me 10 rhyming lines in a poem right now. You wouldn't be able to do it. You'd be stuttering, stuttering and thinking, and it would take you maybe 5 or 10 minutes to get together 10 nice lines that rhyme at the end, in English, in your language. But the Arabs at that time, a thousand lines all rhyming off the top of their head just like that. That's how much they had in terms of the strength in Arabic. Yet, despite that ability and eloquence, this challenge they were unable to fulfill. They cannot bring anything, neither then nor now, nor till the day of judgment, for anybody to bring anything equivalent to the Qur'an. مَعَ شِدَّةِ الْعَدَاوَةِ عَنِ الْإِتْيَانِ بِصُورَةٍ مِثْلِهِ Also take into consideration the level of um, incentive, the degree of incentive they had to try and do it. The Quraysh, the Kuffar had absolute enmity against the Prophet If they could have fulfilled this challenge, they would have absolutely done it. Every level of incentive was there for them to prove this man Muhammad wrong. Prove he's a magician, a madman, all of those things. The incentive was absolutely there for them to produce this. Yet they couldn't. They couldn't produce it. They couldn't produce anything equivalent to the Qur'an, matching the Qur'an whatsoever. تَبَيَّنَ صِدْقُ الرَّسُولِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَأَنَّهُ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ It therefore highlighted the truthfulness 
of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that this Quran is certainly from Allah, not written by Muhammad or anybody in creation or the angels or anyone. It is the speech of Allah, the Creator of all of creation, the Lord of all of creation. وَإِعْجَازُهُ مِنْ جِهَةِ نَظْمِهِ وَمَعْنَاهِ لَا مِنْ جِهَةِ أَحَدِهِمَا فَقَطْ هَذَا مَعَ أَنَّهُ قُرْآنٌ عَرَبِيٌّ غَيْرُ ذِي عِوَجْ بِلِسَانٍ عَرَبِيٍّ مُبِينٍ The Qur'an came in the pure Arabic language. No deviation away from the purity of Arabic. And they were upon the purity of Arabic too. Exactly matched. Arabic, Arabic, pure, pure. Yet despite their eloquence in the purity of Arabic, they couldn't match what was in the Qur'an. Neither in terms of the, the eloquence of how it is put together and the ayat and how certain parts rhyme and etc. They couldn't do that. And neither in terms of the meanings the meanings that are mentioned in the Qur'an, they couldn't bring anything with that type of impact. So they failed even though they were the absolute experts in that field. فَنَفِي الْمُشَابَهَ مِنْ حَيْثُ التَّكَلُّمْ وَمِنْ حَيْثُ النَّظْمُ وَالْمَعْنَى لَا مِنْ حَيْثُ الْكَلِمَاتُ الْحُرُوفِ So this is the important point to note. That when we say they were unable to bring anything similar to the Qur'an, a person may say, well, why is that so difficult? It's Arabic, Arabic, write something in good, strong, expert Arabic, and isn't that almost the same then? It isn't. Because the challenge here isn't the Arabic language. Arabic language, right now we can write Arabic language. The challenge isn't just Arabic language. Everybody can do Arabic language. The challenge was, can you write it in a way upon the style and the eloquence of the Qur'an? Can you write it with the level of impact in the meanings and the deepness of the meanings of the Qur'an? That was the challenge, not just Arabic. They could, a thousand lines of poems at the top of the head, they could do that. But was that at the level of the eloquence of the Qur'an? Was it at the level of deepness and impact in meanings of the Qur'an? Nowhere near. That is what they couldn't do. As for the Arabic language, the words and the letters and the, the ability to speak and write and poems, they could do all of that. But they didn't have the ability to match what was in the Qur'an. Also, that's why some of the scholars mention another possible tafsir for the openings of some of the surahs, like Alif, Lam, Mim, Alif, Lam, Ra, that these parts were put in at the beginning of the surahs as another uh, means of clarifying and establishing that they cannot match the Qur'an because even though this is in their language and in their purity, they can still not work out how to do and what to do with these letters Alif, Lam, Mim, Alif, Lam, Ra, Qaf, Saad that they cannot understand how to work those and what how to make the meanings of those, even though it is in their language, in their pure language. So some of the scholars say that is one of the points behind those letters, as another indication of the weakness of the, 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 the Quraysh and the Kuffar at the time, despite them being experts in the language, they couldn't do what the Qur'an had done. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had mentioned uh, in the speech of Allah in that Qur'an. 
لكن أهل المقالات الفاسدة يتضرعون بمثل هذا إلى نفي تكلم الله به نعم this is the other points now that Imam Tahawi then goes on to say uh, after mentioning that there is nothing equivalent from the Quran to the speech of mankind that this challenge that Allah has put in the Quran will remain open till the day of judgment and it will be failed up until the day of judgment nobody will ever be able to bring anything equivalent to the Quran then Imam Tahawi says وَمَنْ وَصَفَ اللَّهِ بِمَعْنَى مِنْ مَعَانِي الْبَشَرِ فَقَدْ كَفَرْ فَمَنْ أَبْصَرَ هَذَا اِعْتَبَرَ وعن مثل قول الكفار انزجر وعلم أن الله بصفاته ليس كالبشر. This line is very important because many people do not understand the reality of these kinds of lines. Many of the people who claim to be upon the aqidah of Imam al-Tahawi, many of those who exist, they do not understand the reality of these types of meanings of Imam al-Tahawi here. He says, وَمَنْ وَصَفَ اللَّهُ بِمَعْنَى مِنْ مَعَانِي الْبَشَرِ Whomsoever attributes to Allah, describes Allah with a meaning from the meanings that exist within mankind. Basically, describes Allah with something that exists in mankind. Because to them that means now you are comparing and making resemblance. So whomsoever describes Allah with something that exists in mankind basically, describes Allah with a meaning such that this meaning is something applicable to mankind too. Whomsoever does that, فَقَدْ كَفَرَ That as a principle generally, what do you think? As a principle generally, describing Allah with something of what we have in our Context is obviously incorrect. We've said many a time, you cannot compare Allah to creation. You cannot compare Allah to creation. You cannot make resemblance of Allah to creation. Allah is the creator, we are the creation. There is no resemblance. But then in that case, what does this line mean and what's the point of it? Whomsoever describes Allah with a meaning that exists within creation, then he has committed kufr. For the people who misunderstand, they think Al-Imam Al-Tahawi here is basically saying that therefore you cannot affirm the attributes of Allah. We had a long discussion about this before. So they say, okay, look, it's in the Qur'an, so we can't deny it. It's in the Qur'an, we'll affirm it, it's in the Qur'an. For example, Allah created Adam with his hands. It's in the Qur'an. Okay, yes, hands. Allah created Adam with his hands, we affirm it. So you affirm that Allah has the attribute of hands, they say, no, they say, no, we leave that to Allah. I can't say that I affirm Allah has the attribute of hands, I leave that to Allah. But do you affirm that Allah created Adam with his hands? That's in the Quran, words of the Quran. Absolutely, I affirm that. So then do you affirm the attribute of hands to Allah? No, I can't say that. That is, the, that, that is it. Our friends, in a nutshell, that is their aqidah. The aqidah of tafweed. We affirm, we affirm. Therefore, do you affirm this attribute? We leave that to Allah. So what are you affirming then? What are you affirming then in that case? They think when Imam al-Tahawi says, you cannot describe Allah with anything that is 
the description of mankind. That's kufr if you do that. They say in that case, we cannot affirm the attributes and give meanings or uh, have an understanding of them. We'll just say, yes, Allah says in the Quran, He created Adam with His hands. Anything more than that, Allahu A'lam. The attribute of hands, leave it to Allah. I don't know, all these things leave it to Allah. So then what are you affirming in reality? What are you affirming? Nothing but the sounds and the words like we said. You're affirming the word with absolutely no understanding of what it means. It's just a sound. Because they think that if you affirm it, you're going to fall into this. You are now attributing to Allah something which is attributed to mankind. We already explained you are not. When you affirm these attributes, you are not attributing to Allah what is attributed in mankind. The simple linguistic example the scholars gave was the word leg, for example. And there's many like that. But that was an easy one, leg. When you say to somebody the word leg, so you have the leg of an elephant like a tree trunk. But at the same time, you could say the leg is a tiny thing like an ant. Both are legs. Are they comparable? The leg of an ant to the leg of an elephant, the leg of a spider to the leg of a giraffe. You're going to say there's resemblance, they're the same kind of leg. You put the leg of the giraffe on the, on the, on the spider. The word is the same. The reality, the reality is completely different. The word is the same. Leg of a, 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 of a millipede, leg of a giraffe, leg, leg. Same word. Have you made a comparison now? Absolutely not. What is the leg of a, of a tiny millipede or something or a, the tiniest of those small, those little red spiders you see? That leg compared to the leg of an elephant, to the leg of the giraffe. You're not making comparison. You're affirming the leg to this tiny red spider. You're affirming the leg of the giraffe. Where's the comparison of this leg to that? You can't even see this on belly. So you've affirmed the various attributes to the giraffe, to the spider, to this, to that. And there is no resemblance, me affirming the leg of the spider. It's like they're saying, well, if you affirm the leg of that red spider, you know, the little red ones in the gardens, tiny ones you see on the pavements. If you affirm the leg of that spider, then I feel it's going to be a comparison to the leg of the giraffe. People are going to misunderstand how does this tiny spider have the leg, that the leg of a giraffe. I fear there could be some resemblance and comparison. I can't affirm this red spider has legs. That's really what it comes down to. And that's nonsense. So the word may be the same, but it does not necessitate whatsoever comparison and resemblance. It doesn't. But that is something which they cannot get beyond. That is a mental block they cannot get over. That you can have the same word and it does not necessitate resemblance and comparison. And that is something which we see in creation. Let alone how big the difference is going to be when you take it to the level of creator to creation. Right now we're just giving examples of creation. Giraffe, uh, 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 spider. The difference within creation. How big therefore is the difference going to be between creation and the creator? So that is not giving Allah meanings of us and comparison and resemblance. But that is what they misunderstand, these kinds of points. This is why they think Al-Aqidah Al-Tahawiyah, it supports their Aqidah. And Al-Imam Al-Tahawi was not upon that Aqidah. And Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi is now explaining that, breaking it down one by one. 
So here Al-Imam Al-Tahawi says, whoever describes Allah with a meaning of mankind, then that's kufr. Absolutely it is, if you're making comparison and resemblance. But when you're not, you're affirming the attributes of Allah as Allah has mentioned them in the Qur'an. And you understand, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ There is nothing like unto Allah. And you understand the word may be the same, but there is no necessity of resemblance there. And you know in your aqidah you're not making resemblance and there cannot be. Then that's absolutely fine. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. Affirm the attributes Allah has affirmed for himself. فَمَنْ أَبْصَرَ هَذَا اعْتَبَرَ Look what he says, Al-Imam Tahawi. Whoever basically sees this, understands this, then he'll be able to ponder on this. The one who, who, for the one who the penny drops, that's basically what he's saying. For the one who the penny drops on this issue, they'll be able to understand and comprehend this issue now. But obviously for many, that penny stays where it is. So he says here, فَمَنْ أَبَصَرَ What's the English they use there? He who understands this will take heed. He who understands this will take heed. The one who understands that point properly, they are the ones who take heed. The ones who don't, then for them, yes Allah created Adam with his hands because Allah said so. So you affirm the attribute of hands? No, I can't do that. That's to Allah, I don't know. That heed, that understanding hasn't occurred for them. وَعَنْ مِثْلِ قَوْلِ الْكُفَّارٍ زَجَرَ So the person who understands this issue properly, they will be, they'll stay away from and they'll understand and get a rebuke away from the statement of the kuffar. The types of statements of the kuffar in comparing Allah to creation, how some of them used to say Allah cries and all these things they used to mention about the comparison of Allah to creation. A person who understands these points of names and attributes properly will then stay far away from those deviated types of principles. وَعَلِمَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ بِصِفَاتِهِ لَيْسَ This is an important phrase. Al-Imam al-Tahawi says, وَعَلِمَ If a person understands all of these things properly, then he'll recognize and understand that the attributes of Allah are not like the attributes of creation. A person who understands all of these points properly now, will understand that the attributes of Allah are not like the attributes of creation. What's the key in that statement of Imam al-Tahawi? He's affirming that Allah has attributes. Unlike these people, do you affirm? No, we can't affirm that, we leave that to Allah. Al-Imam al-Tahawi is affirming the attributes of Allah. Not just affirming the word, believe in the word, but do you actually affirm the attribute? We leave that to Allah. Al-Imam al-Tahawi doesn't say that. He says, as an affirmation statement, that you'll understand now, the attributes of Allah are different to the attributes of creation. There is no comparison, no resemblance. No speech about affirm the word, but don't affirm the meaning and don't affirm, leave that to Allah. None of that. Simply says, in a statement which as a prerequisite is already giving you that assumption, that of course Allah has attributes. And we affirm those attributes but we recognize that they are not like the attributes of creation. So when Allah says He created Adam with His own two hands, we affirm the attribute of hands to Allah, but we recognize that there is no comparison or resemblance or imagination of the hands of Allah to creation. There is nothing like unto Allah, but we affirm the attribute of hands to Allah, that Allah created Adam with His own two hands.
So then Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi says here, لَمَّا ذَكَرَ فِي مَا تَقَدَّمَ أَنَّ الْقُرْآنَ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ حَقِيقَةٌ مِنْهُ بَدَى نَبَّهَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ عَلَى أَنَّهُ تَعَالَ بِصِفَاتِهِ لَيْسَ كَالْبَشَرِ نَفْيًا لِلتَّشْبِيهِ عَقِيبَ الْإِثْبَاتِ So he says, Ibn Ibn Izz al-Hanafi, that when Al-Imam al-Tahawi has now just spoken about the Qur'an and that it is the speech of Allah in reality, He's now moved on to mention to you that the attributes of Allah are not like the attributes of creation. Because he's just affirmed the attribute of speech. Now he's letting you know, but remember, the attributes of Allah are not like the attributes of creation. So you don't start imagining things of how the attributes are and what these attributes look like. He's affirming to you now, telling you now clearly, there is no comparison, don't try to imagine Allah, imagine the attributes. There is no comparison, no resemblance like that. But there is affirmation. We affirm the attributes as Allah has affirmed them. Then he says, moving on now to the next topic. That seeing Allah is truth. That is something in reality that will occur. jannah For the people of paradise. This is the aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah, this whole book. Now he mentions this point. The point about seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi says, Al-Ru'ya haqqun li jannah It is something of a truth. It is something which will occur for the people of paradise that they see Allah. بِغَيْرِ إِحَاطَةٍ وَلَا كَيْفِيَّةٍ But without comprehension of that, encompassment of that, and understanding the howness of that, because as we said, the believers will see Allah, but they will not encompass and be able to fully grasp and comprehend the might and the majesty of Allah. They will not comprehend and grasp the sight of the might and the majesty of Allah, but they will see Allah generally. So he says, بِغَيْرِ إِحَاطَةٍ وَلَا كَيْفِيَّةٍ كَمَا نَطَقَ بِهِ كِتَابُ رَبِّنَا Just like the way of the Salaf, he gives you the example straight away. Just as the book of Allah has said to us, just as it is mentioned in the Qur'an, in the speech of our Lord, So take note of these evidences now, proving that the believers will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day. And some of the scholars, they mention that even the disbelievers may see Allah, but it would be upon that basis of rebuke. So for them it would not be a blessing to see Allah, it would be fear and terror. But nevertheless for the believers it is absolutely established anyway. وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاضِرَةٌ On that day faces will be glowing, bright, radiant. إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاضِرَةٌ Looking at their Lord. Clear ayah in the Qur'an, Al-Qiyamah 22-23. That on that day, faces will be glowing and radiant, bright. 
ila rabbiha nadira looking at their lord looking towards their lord clear ayah in the quran wa tafsiruhu ala ma arada allah ta'ala wa alima wa kullu ma jaa fi dhalika min alhadith sahih an rasul sallam fahum kama qal fahima kama qal wa ma'nahu ala ma arad la nadkhulu fi dhalika mutawwilin bi ara'ina Ibn Abi Al-Is says, these evidences that talk about seeing Allah, they are as they are. It says, you will, they will be radiant, their faces looking at Allah, then that it is how it is. He says, Ibn Abi Al-Is Al-Hanafi, we don't start trying to make our own interpretations. La nadkhulu fi thalika muta'awwilina bi'ara'ina. We don't get involved with that, trying to make our own interpretations. Well, that means this and that means that. It tells you the faces will be bright and glowing on that day, looking towards their Lord. That's it. They will be bright and glowing, looking towards their Lord. He says we don't get involved with, oh, but it means this and it means that, and this interpretation, that interpretation. وَلَا مُتَوَهِّمِينَ بِأَهْوَائِنَا Neither do we start to have imaginations, but maybe you imagine it to be this or imagine it to be that. None of this. فَإِنَّهُ مَا سَلِمَ فِي دِينِهِ إِلَّا مَنْ سَلَّمَ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَلِرَسُولِهِ Nobody will be safe, safe and sound in their religion except the ones who submit to Allah and His Messenger. Submit to the evidences. The evidence tells you clearly on that day the faces will be bright and glowing and radiant looking at their Lord. Submit to that and accept it. Do not be interpreting this and that and imagining this and that and trying to bring about some interpretation where you can then distort the meaning to something you want it to mean. It tells you they will be looking at their Lord. It is as it is. So Ibn Abil Iz says, do not get involved trying to distort it with your opinions and your interpretations. And this is probably another one of the reasons why they don't want to accept the explanation of Ibn Abil Iz even though he is Hanafi himself. They have excommunicated Ibn Abil Iz al-Hanafi, Hanafi himself, because he speaks the truth in his explanation. Clear. Don't get involved with interpretations, but it means this and it means that. The ayah tells you clear. The ayah tells you clear what it means. You accept it as it is. Then, al-Mukhalif fil-Ru'ya. There are some people though, from the groups of innovation, of course, who do not accept the seeing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Jahmiyyah, Al-Mu'tazila, some of the names of the groups, uh, from some of the groups of the Khawarij also. Uh, there are several groups from the people of innovation who reject seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But their statement in rejecting seeing Allah, Ibn Abil Iz says, قَوْلُهُمْ بَاطِلُ مَرْدُودٌ بِالْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ Their statement is false. Rejected and refuted by the Qur'an and the Sunnah. وَقَدْ قَالَ بِثُبُوتِ الرُّؤْيَةِ الصَّحَابَةِ وَالتَّابِعُونَ وَأَئِمَّةُ الْإِسْلَامِ الْمَعْرُوفُونَ بِالْإِمَامَةِ فِي الدِّينِ and who are those that have affirmed seeing Allah? The Sahaba, their students, the Tabi'un, the great scholars, known scholars of Islam, 
the scholars of hadith, ahlul hadith, wasairu tawaifi ahlil kalam al-mansubuna ila sunnati wal jama'ah. And even all of the other sects who attribute themselves to Ahlul Sunnah, generally, many of them accept this. But there are amongst them the Jahmiyyah, the Mu'tazila, etc., who reject seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَهَذِهِ الْمَسْأَلَةِ مِنْ أَشْرَفِ مَسَائِلِ أُصُولِ الدِّينِ وَأَجَلِّهَا وَهِيَ الْغَايَةُ الَّتِي شَمَّرَ إِلَيْهَا الْمُشَمِّرُونَ وَتَنَافَسَ فِيهَا الْمُتَنَافِسُونَ وَحُرِمَهَا الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ رَبِّهِمْ مَحْجُوبُونَ وَعَنْ بَابِهِ مَطْرُودُونَ This is one of the greatest issues in the, in the principles of the religion. One of the greatest points of aqeedah in the principles of the religion. And that is seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter. One of the greatest points in aqeedah. And it is one of those greatest points that the he says literally people rolled up their sleeves regarding. Meaning they got uh, uh, involved in explaining and clarifying and refuting the people of innovation who opposed it. That they were deep in this issue and they clarified and made it clear. وَقَدْ ذَكَرَ الشَّيْخُ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ مِنَ الْأَدِلَّةِ So one of the evidences here is وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاظِرَةِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَةِ that on that day the faces will be glowing, looking at their Lord. And this is from one of the clearest evidences regarding seeing Allah. Tells you they'll be looking at their Lord. وَأَمَّا مَنْ أَبَى إِلَّا تَحْرِيفَهَا بِمَا يُسَمِّهِ تَأْوِيلًا فَتَأْوِيلُ النُّصُوصِ الْمَعَادِ وَالْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارُ الْحِسَابِ أَسْهَلْ مِنْ تَأْوِيلِهَا عَلَىٰ أَرْبَابِ التَّأْوِيلِ وَلَا يَشَاءُ مُبْطِلْ أَنْ يَتَأَوَّلِ النُّصُوصِ وَيَحَرِّفَهَا عَنْ مَوَاضِعِهَا إِلَّا وَجَدَا إِلَىٰ ذَلِكَ مِنْ صَبِيلِ وَمَا وَجَدَا مُتَأَوِّلْ هَذِي النُّصُوصِ So he says there are of course always going to be people who try to misinterpret these ayat to mean something else, to take it away from the meaning that it's supposed to have. So some of them will say this is just a simile. It is a metaphor. A metaphor or a simile. <laughs> Like it's an example, it's not reality, it's not that their faces are actually going to be glowing, and they're actually going to be looking at Allah. It's just an example, a simile, a metaphor that's being given for something. However, that is refuted by the very Arabic language itself. Because this particular verb, well, nadhira here as the ism al-fa'il, comes from the verb nadhara. That verb, if it is attached in the very simplistic explanation, if it is attached to the harf jar ila, muta'addi bi ila, when you have those together, this verb cannot be used as a simile or metaphor. Simple Arabic grammar rule. Understood by the linguists, understood by the Arabs, that when you have this verb nadara, which means to look, and you have the word ila with it, then that can't be a simile or metaphor, it has to be actual sight. That's an Arabic grammar rule. So now the people of innovation saying, no, this is a metaphor, it's a simile, gone with the Arabic language, let alone all of the other evidences proving that you're going to see Allah. Just from there, it's gone. Remember the principle of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. He says, if the people of innovation come to you with an authentic evidence to try and prove their innovation, then that evidence is obviously being misused. 
Because the evidence isn't going to prove innovation, is it? Authentic evidence isn't ever going to prove an innovation. So if they are using an authentic evidence, an ayah or an authentic hadith, to prove an innovation, it must only mean one thing, that they have misused this evidence to try and prove their innovation. So all you've got to do is, put that evidence back into its actual explanation, and that will therefore end up refuting them rather than backing them up. So here now they could use this ayah, and say that this is a metaphor that Allah uses. Use the very same ayah and tell them actually the verb nadara with the harf uh, ila cannot mean a simile or a metaphor in the Arabic language. That's just a principle of Arabic. Therefore it is physical sight. Use the very same ayah to refute them. So that is one of the evidences. One of the evidences that uh, the believers will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, on the Day of Judgment. And Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi goes into it with a lot more detail about this verb nadara and the different permutations, the different meanings it could have depending on what words come with it. But in the simplistic explanation, if it comes with ila, it can't be a simile or metaphor. It has to be actual sight in that case. And that is in a nutshell the point here. That this is with ila, therefore it is actual sight, and it cannot be referred to as a simile or metaphor. Other evidences in the Quran, Surah Qaf, number 35. When Allah says, لَهُمْ مَا يَشَاءُونَ فِيهَا وَلَدَيْنَا مَزِيدٌ That they will have whatever they desire therein, and we have for them even more and extra. So what's the tafsir of this ayah? That they will have everything they want in paradise, but we will have even more for them. What is the even more after they've got everything they want in paradise? How, how do you know that's the tafsir of this ayah? How can we just put that down as the tafsir? We've got extra for them. You're going to say the extra means that they're going to be able to see Allah. How can we put that tafsir down just like that? <coughs> there is sunnah, hadith from the Prophet ﷺ telling you that's the tafsir of it. There is a narration of Anas ibn Malik, uh, and it's mentioned in that, huwa an-nadhar ila There is a hadith in Sahih Muslim where the Prophet ﷺ affirms it also, that the tafsir of this extra that is being mentioned is that Allah, you will see Allah. Because there's another ayah to Surah Yunus 26, Those who do the good, the people of Tawheed, for them is paradise and extra. Extra on top of paradise, what's that? The Prophet ﷺ told us in the hadith in Sahih Muslim, the extra is, the Prophet ﷺ gave us the tafsir himself, in Sahih Muslim, says, إِذَا دَخَلَ أَهْلُ الْجَنَّةِ الْجَنَّةِ وَأَهْلُ النَّارِ النَّارِ نَادَى مُنَادٍ يَا أَهْلَ الْجَنَّةِ إِنَّ لَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ مَوْعِدًا وَيُرِيدٍ أَنْ يُنْجِزَكُمُوهُ فَيَقُولُونَ مَا هُوَ أَلَمْ يُثَقِّلْ مَوَازِينَنَا وَيُبَيِّضُ وُجُوهَنَا وَيُدْخِلُنَا وَيُدْخِلْنَا الْجَنَّةِ وَيُجِزْنَا مِنَ النَّارِ وَيُجِرْنَا مِنَ النَّارِ 
فَيَكْشِفُوا الْحِجَابَ فَيَنْظُرُونَ إِلَيْهِ فَمَا أَعْطَاهُمْ شَيْئًا أَحَبُّ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّظَرِ إِلَيْهِ وَهِيَ الزِّيَادَةِ The Prophet ﷺ explained the tafsir of what this extra is himself. So we know that is definitely the tafsir. That's not just made up by anybody else. It is the tafsir of the Prophet ﷺ. He says regarding this, these ayat where it says they will have whatever they want, they will have paradise, and extra. What is the extra? The Prophet ﷺ says, when the people of paradise enter paradise, and the people of hellfire have entered hellfire, then somebody or, or, or someone will call out, O oh, people of paradise, you have an appointment with Allah, so that Allah can give you, uh, give you what He is to give you. They say, and what is that? What is it to give us now? They're already in paradise. They say, what is there now for us to be given? Did Allah not already make our weighing scales heavy? Their good deeds were made heavy. They say, did Allah not already make our weighing scales heavy with goodness and whiten our faces and enter us into paradise and save us from the fire? So they are asking, what, what more? What is there for us to be given? Allah has saved us and entered us into paradise and kept us away from the fire. What more is there now? Then, that's when it says, فَيَكْشِفُ الْحِجَابِ That the veil, Allah removes the veil and فَيَنْظُرُونَ إِلَيْهِ Then they look to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the Prophet ﷺ says, And they were not given anything more beloved to them than seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were not given anything more beloved to them than seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll conclude upon that point for today. Uh, and we'll carry on with this topic. We're in the middle of this topic yet regarding seeing Allah. Uh, next week we'll talk about the issue of the kuffar. Will they see Allah? Will they not? What is this veil that is mentioned in one of the ayat about the kuffar? So a few more topics regarding seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also on the night of Al-Isra'u Al-Mi'raj, when the Prophet ﷺ was taken up to the heavens, did he see Allah that night? That topic as well, some discussion regarding that and what the Sahaba said. So those topics insha'Allah ta'ala will carry on with from next week. Uh, around about 7pm today, I was slightly delayed, but insha'Allah normally it should be 7pm roughly. We'll start with that next week. Anything to add or mention there so far? Any questions or anything? Uh, so I think, um, is so. it correct? Um, this, you know, the, the challenge was like a chapter first, and then it was like up until when it got to one line. Is, is that correct? Possibly because there are in the end, it says even an ayah. Mm. It's not even a chapter. Bring an ayah similar to it. So possibly that could be mentioned that it was reduced even to an ayah and they can't even do an ayah. Hmm. <coughs> Alright, we'll leave it there inshallah. Carry on next week then approximately 7pm.